0: I've never done it before, um, but you know I'd go in there with everything that I have. Uh, try to instill a, a winning mindset and that type of attitude. You know, trying to become a leader of the team, uh, getting with the vets of, of the locker room, and understanding um, you know what we needed to do to try to turn things around. Um, you know, a couple of years ago Wyoming went two and ten. The next year we went eight and six, won a Mountain West Division title. So, you know, I'm not saying it was the same situation, um, but I've been in, in something very similar and uh, you know it's football and I love I love football everything I I can do to play this game I'm gonna do um, you know and if they're willing to step out on the ledge and take me with the number o- one, o- one number one overall pick you know I'm gonna give them everything that I have um, I mean you kind of I think you just have to go in there and, and uh, play the game you know and, and play to the best of your possible uh, best capabilities I mean um, I mean to that report uh, I
1: mean I don't really know anything about cleveland i've never been there um haven't really talked to their coaching staff yet i a meeting with them tonight so um i mean it's impossible to formulate opinions when you don't really
0: um haven't really done any research uh on the actual place so i'm probably going to visit there um hang out with them and uh um NM, whoever picks me i'll be excited to play for whoever
2: uh, whoever wants to
1: yeah i think if if cleveland takes me number one it'd be a great opportunity um first of all and that that goes for anyone taking me taking me in any position honestly it's um it's always been a dream of mine to play in the nfl um and i think you know turning a franchise around is obviously a hard thing to do and um you know, But I'm always accepting of a challenge, and I think it would be an, an amazing thing to do. Um, and it's just, you know, it's another opportunity to show, you know, why I'm a good quarterback and why I think I'm a good quarterback. So.
3: Well, we were in an air-hard system. Um, Coach will probably call it from the sideline, you know, here, and I have to relay it to the line. My receivers will look to the sideline, let the line know what protection it is. Simple stuff like that. Uh, I really want to give a play, you know, from our team. You know, that's that's not me. <laughs> that's giving the play away for next season. <laughs> yes, sir.
1: Uh, I mean, there'd be a chance to play football. I'd
0: love that. Um, but first things first, they'd get a winner. You know, I, I think if anybody's going to turn that franchise around, it'd be
1: me, be able to put it in the right direction. They're they're close. They're, they're very close. They're they have the right pieces.
4: Uh, I think they just need one guy, a quarterback, to make that difference. This is the DBN Network's
1: special coverage of the most important draft of our lifetimes, 2018. Get ready as we're about to tear apart every square inch of this mother with contributions from the entire Dogs by Nature community. Featuring in-studio commentary from straight No Chaser host Thelonious7. Also, special co-host Dark Batman. And now, here's your host, Easy Weave.
0: Well... Hello there, and happy draft day 2018. My name is Easy Weave, and this is the most important draft of our lifetimes. 2018, and I am so overjoyed that you are there listening and that uh, that we are here talking to you on the DBN Network, which today also includes the Dogs by Nature uh, page, as they have embedded this link on the main website, along with the Facebook Live page, which you may be hearing this, and if you're not hearing it that way, then that means that you're probably hearing it via the SoundCloud link that we normally do, and we just appreciate all of you being here Uh, being with us here on this most momentous of occasions in all of our lives. And it was just a year ago, uh, not quite exactly one calendar year ago today, that we were all gathered together for what was the most important draft of our lifetimes 2017. And that was when we were... um, I mean, it, it was the, uh, the the Miles Garrett draft and a lot of speculation on that day that maybe it wouldn't be Garrett, that maybe it would be somebody else, possibly Mitch Trubisky. And, uh, of course, we didn't go quarterback. We went with Miles Garrett. And then we had the season that we had. And I don't try to make the corollary there that somehow Miles Garrett was the reason that we had the season that we had. 2017 was the most difficult season for me in the you know almost three decades of watching this team. Um, where the you know I mean go, going zero and sixteen, the, the the fact that we've got a a uh uh the first pick in the draft is wonderful, uh, but we're sitting here a year later with basically the same major problem that we had a year ago, and hopefully, well, not hopefully that the big difference this time around is that there's really almost no chance. That we're going to come out of this without the guy that is going to be that vaunted quarterback of the future. Last year, uh, you know, the, some of the speculation were that we'd be able to grab either, like I say, Mitch Trubisky or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that did not bear out. We ended up drafting Deshaun Kaiser, and now Deshaun Kaiser plays for the Green Bay Packers after starting 15 games for us as a rookie. We now have Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback entrenched. Coach Hugh Jackson has said that uh, he is going to be the starter uh, no matter what. There's not going to be a quarterback competition. Uh, And then we ended up trading both Cody Kessler and uh, Kevin Hogan while picking up Drew Stanton from the Cardinals. So our quarterback room is going to be completely different this year. It's going to be an, an entirely different Uh, room than it was last year and the guy that's going to be entering into that room is the guy that I think you know I I would I would be shocked and I would almost uh, I, 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 I don't think that there's any chance that it's going to be anything other than a quarterback with the first pick tonight and so just as we are about a little over a little under now four hours away from the you know the selection of who that guy is going to be and finally knowing who that guy is going to be Uh, the the one thing that we can know is that there is finally going to be an answer to this. In other words, there's not going to be a question, right? By the time that tonight's over with, there's not going to be a question about what our future as a franchise is going to look like. We're going to have a guy that's going to be our – it's not going to be an open question, right? I mean, Deshaun Kaiser was a wild card, and all of these guys. You go back, Cody Kessler was a wild card. Uh, Johnny Manziel, to a large degree, was a wild card. Even though he was a first-round pick, uh, he was a guy he was you know, that that you know kind of had his. He was a boomer bust project. Certainly, a uh, major major bust on that one. But you know, um, it's it's been twenty years almost. It's been nineteen years since we took a guy. It's it's been nineteen years since we took a guy anywhere in the draft higher than the twenty-first selection overall, twenty-second selection overall. And I mean, that's that's an amazing thing when you look at how how bad we have been for as long as we've been, that it's been that long since we have actually taken the step of trying to secure who that guy is going to be, who the guy is going to be, the guy that we can look at and say, this is the guy. This is the one that we are going to hang our all of our hopes and our dreams. uh, You know, uh, this is the guy that's going to take control of the franchise and we are going to put every bit of energy and effort that we have as a franchise into making this guy a success. We haven't had that sort of commitment. We didn't have it with Brady Quinn. We didn't really have it with Brandon Whedon. Uh, And, again, those are situations where the guys that were brought in, and it's interesting, not only were all of those guys drafted 22 overall, but in every one of those circumstances, those were drafts in which we had two first-round selections and took somebody else before we took the quarterback at 21. So, in, in each of those circumstances right there was a an attitudinal if you want to look at there, there was an attitudinal expression by the team that the there's another position that there are other players that are more important than the position the quarterback position at least we valued these players higher than the guy that we actually took to be our standard bearer for the franchise and I think that that's a much uh different thing attitudinally then what and honestly, just the fact that I get to say attitudinal uh, this many times in the course of one opening monologue is is a win for me as this goes, but seriously, it does I think make a major difference taking a guy very very early, taking a guy high in the draft and saying this is going to be our guy this is going to be the 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 uh, you know the guy that we're going to build our entire franchise around and everybody from Jimmy Haslam the owner all the way to the guy that you know sweeps the stadium at the end of the games every everybody within the organization is 100% on board with this guy and it's been it's it's been many 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 years and even with tim couch you know he was the guy that we did take number 1 overall in 1999 and it took, you know, a while for him to, you know, to kind of get to the point where he w- was that guy. I mean, had a, had a rough rookie season. Of course, it was an expansion team. And without uh, kind of reliving the Tim Couch years, you know, there's reasons why that didn't work out the way that it did. But we haven't even gone back to that well in so long. And now that we, you know, we got past our draft last year where there was this generational pass rusher, Miles Garrett, that we took, there isn't anybody like that this year. There is nobody and no reason why we would Uh, not take the quarterback uh, with the first selection overall there's just no reason why we wouldn't do that and thus uh, that is the expectation I think on the part of everybody in Browns Nation and it's almost an afterthought that we also have the fourth pick overall um, but not to the uh the panel of people that um we have assembled here with you today, and that we're going to be uh keeping with you here throughout the course of this draft and just so you know what the plan is uh we started you know a little bit later than we did last year it really wasn't necessary to do the full twelve hours of pregame that we did last year, but we're going to be sticking with you through the entire evening up to the uh, the uh Actual, you know, calling of the first pick. We're going to take a little uh, time out at seven o'clock because, uh, just because of the way that that uh, this this uh, you know, apparatus works, you got to take time to uh, kind of reset because it only allows four hours at a time. But we're not getting into the the inside baseball portion of this. Nevertheless, what uh, what we're going to do at that point though is come back, stick with you through the entirety of the first round tomorrow night. We'll get back uh, at it at the same time, four o'clock. Uh, ...to go over the second round, which will start an hour earlier than it uh, it does tonight. And then on Saturday, we'll be back with you at 10 a.m. to discuss rounds 4 through 7. But as we go through, we're going to be you know discussing all of the strategies and all of the various uh, contingencies. And most importantly, well, maybe most entertainingly, all of the buzz... And before getting into what today's buzz is, and if, uh, if you're listening, you're probably already aware of what that is. But before I get into all of that, I would like to introduce to you the wonderful panel of dudes. We have our own dude-valanche going on here, because i got a great group of guys that are together that are going to be joining us throughout the course of this. And, and uh, the, the, first, the first two of them that I want to introduce. First off, um, a guy that's been on the network now for, uh, for over a year. Does the program Straight No Chaser. He's actually going to be the one that's going to be with us the least amount, at least at the outset, but then will join us later on. Uh, My brother from another mother and just a wonderful all-around great guy, Thelonious7, the host of Straight No Chaser. Thelonious, good afternoon, sir.
3: Hey, how are you doing, Easy.
0: I don't know that I could possibly be any better. It's like... It's not just like Christmas Day. I mean, for me, like, last night was Christmas Eve. Today's Christmas Day. It's like super Christmas Day. You know what I mean? It's like I've, I've never I been know, I know. this amped for an event like this.
3: No, I'm totally with you, Easy. This is an exciting day for us as well here
0: and uh Thelonious is uh you know uh, of course joining us from parts unknown, but his uh, his love for the browns is uh is is uh you know unmatched as as, as i 'm sure it is for yours as well, uh, you as well uh, but he's um <laughs> he 's he's, he's joining us here to uh, to give his take along with him is another longtime host on the dbN network and uh, a fellow that has has interchangeably done it on his own and with friends uh our our good buddy Darth Batman Dartho what's up my brother
4: Oh not too much and I wouldn't say they were friends they're just people I know
0: Well but you know <laughs> it's all good we're all friends here right we're all part of the uh, the Brown's fraternity and you know we I knew that I was going to have you guys to start with like that was the plan that we were going to that you guys were going to be on when we got this thing kicked off but I've also had the, the opportunity to bring on uh, th- three other guys that were able to, br- to join us uh, as the show started here. And in the first, the first one is uh, kind of my Florida neighbor here and another all-around good guy, Matt Mramer, formerly of Brownie Bites. Uh, Matt, how you feeling today?
1: Oh, man, it couldn't be any better. You said it easy. This is like Christmas, the Super Bowl, all wrapped into one. I don't know how you could wake up today and not be juiced.
0: I mean, I probably slept for like three hours. And then woke yeah, up. Yeah, I didn't
1: sleep much last night either. And to be honest, I've I've been for probably the last month or so. I've been in a bit of a depressed state, just hoping and praying that it wouldn't be Josh Allen. And over the last couple of days, the rumors have swirled and they have changed into rumors that are positive. So I'm in a good mood, brother.
0: Yeah, I positive, yes. Uh, and and we're going to get into all of that. But uh, I would be. Remiss. In fact, we may be remiss because I'm not, sh- I'm not sure if we have him or not, but I do believe that our, our old buddy uh, Big Town Brown is also with us. Hey, Terry, you there? No, he- and as soon as I say that, as soon as I say that, he dropped off. But it's okay because filling in for him now is someone who uh, jumped in right at the last second as the show was going to start, and this is kind of a surprise to the roster, but here he is, the one, the only, the erstwhile, manly, and loving it. Mantle, what's up, man? Hey, do you hear me? Yeah, yes.
2: Okay, <laughs> I haven't used this headset before.
0: That's a perfect hey, intro. Going?
2: It's it's it's, <laughs> it's it's good. I've never to... used this headset. I am uh, I'm doing all right. I just got back in town. A little traveling. Ugh. I just woke up from my nap. Um, I'm glad you were yeah, able to make I time for us. I haven't. I don't know the first thing about what's going on with the draft, and I I'm just here to uh, to be. Here.
0: Well, that's the sort of hard-hitting analysis you're going to get tonight on the most important draft of our lifetime's coverage, 2018, <laughs> from Manly and Loving it, Thelonious Seven, <laughs> Matt Raymer, Darth Batman, and uh, B- Big Tom Brown was here. He uh, popped off. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll join us again. He's you know he's interchangeably garaging and so forth. So you never know with with uh, with that guy. But okay, as I opened up talking about the the quarterback situation and you know that it's going to be we're going to take somebody at number one. And over the weekend, I had a chance to talk with uh, Gin and & Tonic and Forth, and they had their own ideas about who that person would be. And it was interesting because everybody had a different idea of who they wanted to draft and who we would draft. And, in fact, I did a, uh, I commissioned a poll on this that's on the website right now, and it was basically the same as uh, what the poll that we put up a couple of weeks ago was. A lot of people were thinking about Sam Darnold. But as we have gone on here today, I mean, look, if you've been paying attention at all, and, and really from the time that uh, that the sun cracked this morning, it has been all over everywhere. You cannot miss it. It is the now the overwhelming consensus, by, no matter where you go, uh, especially if you're on uh, the, the the Twitters, but you know, even no matter where you go, it seems like the uh, dam has busted open, and it really all the signs are indicating that it's going to be Oklahoma quarterback Baker Mayfield. At least that's what everybody says. Felonius, uh, <laughs> I'll start with you. Do you? And, and I'm I'm going to go on record right away and say I don't buy it. I still think it's going to be Josh Allen. But what say you?
3: I actually don't buy it either. Uh, the more that I see every every rumor that comes out, it seems like it's something different. And in the end, uh, it's it's for me the way that it feels like with the Monday Morning Quarterback guy, as he was saying last week. You just can't believe
2: anything you're reading right now. Right yes, now. yes, that's yeah, that's yeah. the truth. Uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> right
2: no, I'm on the. Uh, I just got on the the, the Skype call. The, I mean, the you, 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 yeah, yeah, all that yeah, draft I mean,
0: whatever you do, just—I
2: oh, okay. okay.
0: mean, just make sure that you get this taken care of because it's.
2: I got a the job.
0: I mean, it's not like we're broadcasting here or anything, so you know. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's totally yeah, it okay. To- and you hear it <laughs>
2: coming back. <laughs> uh,
0: that situation will work itself out here momentarily. I—I I, uh, I, I think that whenever you have a a. A deal where everybody is saying the same thing you know uh, i I liken it back to uh what what Patton once said. if everybody is saying the, is thinking the same thing, then somebody's not thinking uh, and I don't know if that's what's going on here, but you know an interesting thing that has been posited about this whole situation is that if you if you go uh if if you believe what people say right if you believe a lot of the 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 scuttlebutt and a lot of the uh the rumors, what has been uh you know thrown out there is that John Dorsey the newest uh Browns GM after the erstwhile Sashi Brown uh was was fired uh, halfway through last year he as it has been reported he didn't tell anybody he he kept it completely in everybody in the dark the entire organization including Hugh Jackson, Jimmy Haslam, everybody didn't even tell them who the quarterback, who the selection was going to be at number 1 and the rumor was that 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 was going to be up until last night that he wasn't going to tell anybody who the the pick was going to be and that was that was the report now you can believe it you cannot believe it but then this morning all of a sudden everybody is saying that it's Mayfield so i'm going to kick it over to uh darth on this darth do you accept the the rumor mill or do you think that there's
4: some chicanery going on honestly for once i could say i have absolutely no idea what we're what we're doing not saying that they don't know what they're doing. I have uh, no idea. I mean, um, I mean, like I said, that they're talking. It seems like every week it's a different flavor. One week it's Allen. One week it's Darnold. Now it's Mayfield. Um, frankly, I'd be happy with pretty much anybody but Allen. Um, I'm hoping it's Baker, but I, I don't believe anything. And if 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 that's true, I mean, Dorsey's doing exactly what he should have done along or should. We should have been doing as a front office long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm hoping these rumors are correct, but I don't believe a single rumor until about three weeks after the draft that that anything is possible. I
0: uh, I, I think that there's a lot of of wisdom in that, Matt Raymer. Where uh, where are you in all of this? So you are you believing it? And if you uh, and and if you do believe it, how you feeling about it?
1: Well, you know, I mean, this whole time it's been just rumor after rumor, things floating around, and as you guys said, I mean, you really don't know what to believe. You don't know what's coming from where. What's the incentive for leaking these different facts out? So, really, I don't know what to believe. But I'm going to follow my own gut. I'm going to follow my own evaluations. And to me, Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback available in this draft. Um, I think if he was six two or six three, there would be no question about which quarterback should be the first pick. And You can talk about his height, you can talk about the personality characteristics, you can talk about anything you want to try to talk yourself out of Baker Mayfield, but the facts state their case, and realistically, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't be Baker Mayfield. Um, I would be okay with Darnold, I would be okay with Rosen, I would be okay with Lamar Jackson. Um, I would not be okay with Josh Allen, and I think the Baker Mayfield noise makes sense when you look at the things that have been said all along, Um, not only John Dorsey's M.O., but You've got Scott McLuhan, who he knew was a big fan of Baker Mayfield. How much pull he has in the draft room, we don't know. But uh, he's definitely a guy who's high on Baker. And if he does have his voice being heard in that draft room, I would think Baker is a strong consideration. And last but not least, I mean, the thing that that says these rumors may be a little different than the rest of them, to me at least, is that John Dorsey said two days ago he told his head coach, Hugh Jackson, who the pick was going to be. How long ago do we start hearing Baker Mayfield rumors?
0: Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. About two days ago. Right. That was when, and, and honestly, up until then, uh, Tuesday of this week, up until that point, I mean, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion. There were people that were buying their Sam Darnold Cleveland Browns jerseys. Uh, you know, it was it was a, a fait accompli. It was going to be a slam dunk that Sam Darnold was going to be the guy. And then, like you say, yeah, all of a sudden it starts – uh, floating in, and a couple days ago it was like, well, now all of a sudden they're kind of moved off of Darnold, and they're thinking about Allen and Mayfield. And this morning, it's just this tidal wave, and it's like, nope, they're. What-. In fact, it is so pronounced that Vegas actually moved their odds, and now Mayfield is the odds-on favorite, which is staggering. I mean, and you can, I mean, obviously that's not. Yeah, the- they had to
1: do that. I mean, that's Vegas. That's Vegas protecting themselves and, and trying not to cost themselves money. So I wouldn't look too far into that because. I read a quote today from a bookie, basically saying if if, if Baker was picked number one, they were going to get absolutely blindsided. So I think that was just them covering their their assets, really.
0: Sure, which which of course, like you say, that's what they have to do. But at the same time, if you follow that those trends over time, the money doesn't usually lie, right?
1: Well, they're doing it and they're changing the odds because they genuinely believe that the betters are placing money in, in in an outcome that they think is most likely. So yeah, I mean, the odds are shifting. Um how arbitrary those odds are is is up for interpretation, but there's definitely a shift in the way people are thinking about the pick
0: uh, that's very fair uh Thelonious, the the idea of uh of, of baker mayfield i know that that he hasn't been you know your favorite uh candidate. i know that you've been you know kind of uh more more uh um <laughs> partial to josh allen and 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 certainly oh, by, by, okay. by by a sizable margin so go ahead.
3: Okay, definitely I want to make sure that it's clear. I'm actually a Sam Darnold guy. But during this draft process, I've been defending Josh Allen the whole time just because I feel like the community kind of has a, a negative perception of him. And I just want to speak to, you know, get that my opinion out there that he's not the worst prospect out there. So for me, I'm I'm okay with uh, uh, Josh Allen. But for me, my first choice is Sam Darnold. And it's been the entire time. I actually still think that if I had you know if it came down to it that that's still the guy they're most likely to go with i still I don't really buy Baker mayfield as as the a prospect at the top of the draft, and I haven't the entire time. I could be wrong, and I've definitely learned you know how to get over this fact or get over the fact that this might be the selection and i'm 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 at peace with the fact that it could be Mayfield, but at this time, I still think it's sam darnold
0: and you know that could certainly be, a, and if it does end up being Darnold, um, and it's an interesting thing to stew on for a moment. If if Darnold ends up being the pick, or if it ends up at this point being anybody other than Mayfield, well, then what does that say about the last twenty four hours? I mean, if it, if yesterday at this time people were still walking around like I have no idea what's going to happen, I you know, and and you had people kind of pontificating, oh, this is definitely going to be this guy, or somebody else would say it's definitely going to be that guy, and so when you've got multiple people that are out there saying that it's definitely going to be this guy or that guy, then you can pretty much guarantee that nobody knows anything, right? But then today it's it's everybody, everybody is all singing to the same tune. So I'll I'll uh, throw it to you, Dartho, if uh, if yesterday nobody knows, and then everybody today is saying the same thing, and then it turns
4: out to be wrong, what do you
0: think that means?
4: That it's just a bunch of hearsay and rumor? Because this is what happens every year. You'll get, like, especially with the first pick overall, there'll be 100 articles with about 20 different or 5 to 10 different guys being picked overall, and these people uh, will write these articles about each player. So you know when they look back next year, oh, I said I was right, or I, I or I guessed this right. But then you look at the five articles were saying, you know, oh, they were going to draft Josh Allen, or they're going to do this, or they're going to do that. They're pretty much one guy says it. Let's all write articles. So if something happens, it's going to be right. One way or another, some everybody has an article they have written where it will technically be right unless we draft like Quentin Nelson or some weird crazy crap at, at the top of the draft, which um, it'd be dumb enough for the Browns to do. But I hope, I hope and hope, hope that's not going to happen. But like I said, um, honestly, it I'm, I'm really liking Dorsey for this fact. So for the fact that there is no number one consensus overall guy, no matter what. So for the fact, there's three to four guys that could easily go number one, and nobody really has a clue. So we're just gonna talk about all of them and guess them, and it's just pick what flavor the or which flavor this week it's going to be. So happen right before the draft, it's Baker Mayfield, and I hope that one is the most correct one.
0: Manly and loving it. I know that you haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to the the entire process. You don't really know who any of the players are. You probably don't know what the composition of the hey, team hey, is. I Having said that. <laughs> Having said that, just from a strategic uh, point of view, yesterday, nobody knows anything. It's reported that Hugh, that, that the entire organization is going to know about it last night. Today, it all gets flooded with the same information. If it turns out to not be true, what do you think that means as far as – I mean, like, how do, how do you suppose we get from point A to point B on something like that?
2: As far as what?
0: Okay, what I'm saying is what do you think – how how could that happen, right? How could everybody be wrong if it ends up being somebody other than Baker Mayfield?
2: Uh, I, don't, I just – I don't – look, even in the years when I pay a lot of attention to this, I don't – the only thing that matters in between the end of the season and now is the combine matters to some degree, the pro day matters to some degree. And then – you know, in the obviously the senior bowl and stuff like that, and other than that, it's just if there are negative things like there's this stuff I just googled who Josh Allen was, and there was some racist tweets apparently like that matters. <laughs> the guy from uh you know old Miss a couple years ago that found out there was a picture that came out that he was like smoking a bong or something, Larry and that it caused home. him to caused him to drug. That stuff matters. Anything else like especially in the last week, two weeks, none, none of this, none it doesn't matter. It's all just they're trying to position and make people think one thing, do another. It's the same crap every year, and yet every year people are like, "What do you think this means?" And where how can we get? It, it, it's they're just playing the game, man. You know, well, And I, I, somehow people still fall for it.
0: Well, I understand that, and it, you interesting. You brought up the uh, the Josh Allen stuff, which we'll get to a little bit later on. But what what I'm saying is, if if yesterday nobody knows anything, and then today everybody Who's nobody. Well, what I'm saying is that there, as of yesterday, if you were to look uh-huh. anywhere across, you know, the Twitterverse. Or anywhere okay. in the media, or even the people on on the site, you know. There's there's people that grandstand and talk about like they know things, but gen, but it was all over the place. In other words, there's just as many people thinking that it's going to be Sam Darnold as Josh Allen or whoever it, they they think it's going to be. But then today, it's lockstep. It's I mean, it's near universal out there. And I, the question that I have is, and I guess this is what I'm uh, I'm getting at, if yesterday nobody knows. And today, everybody is singing the same tune. If tonight that ends up being the wrong tune, what i'm wondering is if if th- if that ends up uh, being the case, then where did the poisoned information come from right
1: i mean can I, can I jump in easy yes, yes, please do i think and and this is just you know gathering information over the last couple of months. the conclusion that i've come to is. Um, It's going to be an organized disinformation campaign, and the reason is John Dorsey wants to know where the leaks are coming from. Um, And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but over the last couple of months, that building has got awfully quiet, Uh, and there's a reason for that. The reason is John Dorsey made that his top priority when he came in and took over as GM was to cut out all the noise that was coming out of that building. And as we know, it was a lot of noise. Um, He was in bed with Mary Kay, and you've got all kinds of – different rumors being floated from inside the building. So my theory all along has been John Dorsey is telling different people different things. And when he sees that information make it to the media, he then knows who told that information to the media.
2: And That sounds plausible. Let's go with that. That's, uh, I'm, I'm, that and that's
0: what I was getting at.
2: Is did He seems like a douche. He seems like he would do that kind of stuff.
0: So did Dorsey set a trap? And that's really what we're talking about here. Did Dorsey set a trap for Hugh Jackson? Where We assume that it would be Hugh, right? Because, like you say, it's been really quiet. And then the, the word has been that Hugh has really been out of the process. That Hugh didn't even know who the pick was going to be until yesterday or two days ago. So if that is the case, I mean... And, and let's say that, I mean, and look, a lot of this is speculatory, and I'm, I'm, I'm not pretending to, to pretend to know that this is how it is, but I mean, look, we're, this, there's a lot, of, um, a lot of stuff to kind of sift through here as we're in the final hours going into the draft, and it is, it's just a very striking thing that up until now, everybody has been, nobody, nobody has been able to say definitively anything for sure. Today, people are talking about this like it is a done deal. And if it turns out not to be, I kind of have to agree with you, Matt, that it probably was a case where Dorsey is saying, I want to find out where we we're having these, th- these problems. Because you're right. Uh, Mike Silver and Mary Kay and all the – I mean, the, these people – and then last year, what, what, especially, you know, after the, uh, the, the, the Garoppolo dust up when he got traded to San Francisco and then it was the whole – uh, basically, the organized campaign that the coaching staff took out against the front office, and all of a sudden, every every thought that we had within the organization was being, you know, broadcast to every you know every corner of the of the Twitterverse and of the media world. And yeah, I agree that that's that's a huge problem. If if, if that actually happened, though, if he actually set a trap, and if Hugh actually stepped Man. into it, well, then I, I don't.
2: Go, go is ahead. Is that what you were trying to lead me to? Why didn't you just come out and ask me <laughs> to think about that? Instead well, of I wanted of to see if it, a, if, it was, if, if it was a crazy I idea. I don't know what's going
1: on. Well, uh, well, well, let's say this. Let's say this, guys. I mean, look, hypothetically speaking here, easy. Let's say that is the case, right? Let's say that that is Dorsey's uh, plan here is is to set a trap and see who's going to step in it. If if you're going to those lengths to try to find out whether or not you can trust your head coach, shouldn't you have canned him already?
0: Well, um, you know, here's the thing about he- that. I, well, I mean, it, it's, there, I think that there is a, uh, an, 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 an idea that people have about our organizational structure that tends to be incorrect because it's anathema to how it is everywhere else in the league and, and even most organized businesses in that people kind of expect that you've got a, an owner, a team president, a GM, and a head coach, and then that's kind of the chain of command. But as we have known throughout the course of, well, Jimmy Haslam's entire time owning and operating this team, that's not how things have been. What he does is he hires his front office people and he hires his his team presidents and he hires his head coach. And he basically treats all of them as direct subordinates. There is no hierarchy. There is no (laughs) chain of command there. All of these guys are reporting directly to him, which is to say that none of them really have any sort of power to wield over any of the other ones. And so if that is the situation, right? Because I agree with what you're saying. If you actually have to go to those lengths to find out you know, where the rat is in, in the organization, then why don't you fire that guy? I think that the re- the answer to that question is that Dorsey doesn't have the power to fire the guy. That the only way that he could that he could effectively, you know, make the case, and again, again all of this is speculative, but at, at the same time, if what you're trying to find out is who the leaker is, and I'm just assuming that it's you, right? It could be, you know, it could be anybody. It could be somebody, you know, within the organization that nobody knows about. Uh, but if it does end up being, so let's say, let's go that way, right? Let's say that he wasn't trying to set up you. Maybe he was well, just it's, trying it's to find out.
2: It's pretty obvious that, sorry to cut you off, but it's pretty obvious that, nobody has the power to fire Hugh besides Hazel. <laughs> that's the point. I mean, that's... if the last four years has taught us anything, I mean, I'm saying you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's like obvious, like duh kind of thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. If, and if, if that's the case, right, if, if,
2: and it's obvious that Hugh's a rat too. I mean, that's, Pretty obvious. Well, it's it's you
0: know here's the thing about that it, it's it's obvious that Hugh at least in my mind it was pretty obvious that Hugh incorporated some fairly um, you know less than than unscrupulous yes that's a great word some unscrupulous <laughs> tactics last year in order to uh, kind and, and again it's address his
2: agenda to to basically Ooh, I got words
0: to basically. Cast the blame onto Sashi in order to protect himself. But, you know, you got to understand, from my perspective on this, if, if both of you, right, are reporting to the same guy, and that same guy, especially in a situation where we everybody went into this with, okay, we're going to be bad for the next couple of years. And, and that everybody said that at the outset of all of this. But then halfway through, we decide, well, we knew it was going to be bad, but we're really upset that it's this bad. So now Head's got a role. Well, if Head's got a role, and I'm not saying that Hugh Jackson is totally at fault here. Yeah, he had a really, really young team he had to deal with. But at the same time, with that type of organizational structure, I can't really fault him necessarily for being that way. But at the same time, it, it does kind of corrupt you, doesn't it? I mean, Thelonious, you've been wanting to, to chime in here. Uh, am I totally off yeah. base with this, or is there some merit to it?
3: Yeah, for me, I don't think I really buy that that whole slant that it's something that Dorsey's trying to do to, to entrap somebody. And for me, when I it's kind of like the old law and order like adage where they say you, if you see hoofprints, you think horses and not zebras. For me, I think that the reporting as you get up to closer of the draft, it all gets really useless. The other day, I was like reading this this, this headline that said the Browns make – trade pick four and of course what that's not even information or news or anything it's like obvious information and it's like being as like as some ca- gotcha headline or some hot take or something and it's just people are trying to get articles out trying to get clicks or something and in the end if everybody has the same take at the same time it's because of more likely this than because of some kind of elaborate plan to trap uh hugh jackson i would say
0: that's a fair point you know? That's a fair point, and you know, it, it, it's it's also oh, worth oh. pointing out here about the way that Jackson kind of handled that entire thing. Um, it's it's not as if Sashi Brown, who I've been a, a, a very unapologetic supporter of uh, for the longest time, but you know, uh, NTN, our guy that that is on the site and and I think is a is a, a really sharp guy, um, he made a point, and I think it was a really salient one that. You know, it's not as if Sashi Brown's way that he ended up, you know, uh, ascending within the organization was totally clean and pure as the wind-driven snow as well. Uh, you know, there was probably a lot of backbiting and, and stuff of that nature because that, again, I think that has to do with the way that this organizational structure is. Uh, and, you know, I, I actually have a theory as to why that is, and, and we may get into that as, uh, you know, as the draft unfolds. But, you uh, I guess the, another part of it is that if it does end up being Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield is the the pick after all of this is said and done, does that does that concern any of you that by in one day of giving up that information, it's all over the media, right? It's all over the media, and that it would apparently be, it would apparently at that point become credible uh, intel that they got on this. Uh, Darth, I'll start with you. Does it bother you if that's the case that you know one day it's basically you know radio silence, and the next day everybody knows about it?
2: Everybody no, knows not
4: about it. what?
0: What is? I'm I'm sorry. Not at all.
4: Um, mainly because, like I said, this goes back to what I said. Every week, there's been a new flavor of which quarterback we're going to take. Remember the 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 Darnolds we're going to be all in, or or we're all going to be on Darnold. Then Allen. Pretty much the only guy was never was was Rosen uh out of a top quote unquote four. Uh I would throw Jackson as as a top four and remove Allen myself, but the way the media has been saying it's top four is you got Rosen, you got Baker, you got uh um Allen and you got um Sam Darnold. Um so what I'm th- what I'm uh what I'm trying to get to is no matter what, there's gotta be an article saying this. So it just will happen. That Baker Mayfield was the last guy that they all started reporting to about. Because remember, a week and a half ago, everybody's saying the pick was going to be Sam Darnold, no ifs, ands, or buts on it. Uh, but now it's pretty much now they're saying Baker. So I, I I think it's all just nothing but tinfoil hat conspiracies and hoopla, and I think we're all overthinking or overthinking this uh, thought process.
0: And and mainly, what the uh, what 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 it is that we're describing here is that every like all of the news outlets, Mary Kay Cabot, you know the the everybody, all the beat reporters for the Browns, you know even the NFL Network people, like it within days, you know I think uh, who was it was it Schefter the other day or uh, Albright one of these guys actually he tweeted the pick is going to be Darnold and then he had to immediately delete the tweet. Uh, which caused people to speculate. Well, was it was that supposed to be a private message? Was he answering a question? You know, and then and then it was just kind of left this murkiness. And then all of a sudden today, everybody, everybody, everywhere that you look, it, they are all reporting the same thing that uh, that it's going to be Baker Mayfield. I mean, overwhelmingly so. And so that's okay. that's kind of the nature of, well, of the question is what you know, causes that.
2: It 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 helps the listener when they know what you're talking about.
0: Well, most of the listeners are are more significantly up to speed on this type of thing than you apparently
2: are, but that's okay. I know, right? And and that's that's why it's amazing that I'm one of the people on this well, then, When you get in at the beginning, you can just hop in and out whenever you want. That's that's why you get on the ground floor, people.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that that's true, because you were actually one of the people at the very beginning of this whole thing here that we do on the DBN network, which is now almost two years old. Yeah,
2: I've got, like, tenure. I can just, you know.
0: I suppose that's true. But then again, that's true of just about everybody on here. Thelonious has been on with us for a long time. Darth has been with us for a while. Raymer's been with us for a bit. You know, you're not all that special, dude. Fair enough. And there he goes. Okay, <laughs> all right. Moving right along because uh, uh, this this uh, obviously is just speculative. And as far as uh, w- you know what it means and how it got there, honestly, we're not really going to know any of this until the pick is actually in. And I guess uh, as we go through this, if it is Baker Mayfield, if he is, it does end up. And I'm I'm going to be very honest about this. Mayfield has been my guy from the start, and the and for a lot of the same reasons that Matt said earlier on. Uh, To me, the quarterback position is not about who has the strongest arm. It's not about who the tallest guy is. It's not about... Uh, you know being how many people went to the birthday party it's not about being tall enough for cold weather it 's not about car bash it's it 's about some pretty hand size. it's not about hand size right it's it 's about some pretty specific things and they are being able to from the pocket being able to read defenses make smart, quick decisions and sharp, accurate throws consistently. And honestly, as I watch, and I've watched all of these guys, and I like all of these guys, I and mean, that's, that's another really important part of this too. I really like all of these, these uh, quarterbacks, and that's in the order that I like them is Mayfield, number one. I, I, I obviously like him number one. I like Lamar Jackson uh, and, and Josh Rosen after that, almost dead even. And then I, I like Sam Darnold after that, and I even like Josh Allen, even though I know a lot of people aren't, aren't on board with that. Um, but the reason why I like Mayfield more than all of those guys is because he does those things. He is very, very accurate at every level. He is able to read defenses. Yeah, I know he played at a at a, uh, at a gimmicky type offense, but then just about everybody does these days. And uh, a guy that played at you know an, a, 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 as airy an air rate of offense as you can have, Jared Goff a couple of years ago, had a tremendous season last year. Which kind of dispels the the what I consider to be a myth at this point that that sort of offense isn't going to work in uh, in the NFL, but that's why I'm uh, that ba- that Baker Mayfield has been my guy. There's certainly you know things to like and not like about you know all of these guys, and it's not to say that any of them are perfect, and Mayfield certainly isn't perfect. Uh, But the biggest reason for me, um, even more than all of those things, because I think that Josh Rosen, for example, is a tremendous passer. Uh, I think that he's got great mechanics. I think that Sam Darnold has just a a great amount of of talent, uh, able to hit tight windows, all of those things. And I think even Josh Allen, for a lot of his accuracy issues, I mean, the guy, there's no doubting the guy has an absolute cannon on that uh, right shoulder and that he can be accurate from time to time. But here's the thing with me. Where are you looking? What's that?
1: Well, they, you said that Josh Allen's accurate. Where are you looking?
0: I'm I'm saying he can be accurate at well. Look, get you said into from time to time. Get but into that. Now volu- can be
1: accurate from time ooh. to time too. Actually, maybe they should give me a call. I could use that money. If you watch a lot of his tape, and I, I
0: look, I understand what you're saying. That there are a lot of throws where you watch, and it's like, where where the hell was he was he going with? It? I mean, it was it, it wasn't even that he missed the broad side of the barn. He threw it like in the completely other direction of the barn and you wonder well how the hell does that happen and i think that but then there's other p- times where the dude is rifling it in there between three defenders right on a, you know a solid rope on on target it's just not consistent at all and i think that a lot of that i'm not trying to explain it away i'm just saying i can understand why people can see in him a guy that it's like okay if we get with our coaches if we get get this guy with our coaches we we you know we can oh yeah the some, coaches
1: who did so good with Deshaun Kaiser well I didn't say our coaches Those same coaches
0: I didn't <laughs> say our coaches I'm just saying that you know some coaches could could take this guy and could work well all right Matt you go right
1: on ahead uh, well you, you, I mean you're right easy if if this guy falls into the right situation he could be the best quarterback in the draft there's no doubt about that in my mind if he goes to the Saints if he goes to the Patriots if he goes to a situation where a he's not expected to play right away, but b and and more importantly in my mind, goes to a place with a true player development staff. I think there is a chance that he could end up, as I said, being the best quarterback out of this draft. His physical tools uh, are something that we haven't seen in quite a long time, but when we're talking about the Cleveland Browns and we're talking about the number one pick, uh, as much as you might want to take that lottery ticket, you have to take the safe bet and, and you have to take. Uh, what I would consider to be the best asset evaluation available. And when you're evaluating the assets, that guy is, is, as I said, he's a he's a wild card. He's a lottery ticket. And there's a chance that you might strike it rich, but there's a much bigger chance that you'll end up with white Deshaun Kaiser, And we saw what happened with Deshaun Kaiser last year. Uh, that's a guy who had a great arm, who had the body size, who can throw the ball in the AFC North conditions and the weather and all that. And, he didn't do so well and i think again it boils down to that player development staff it boils down to the guys that are in that room with him he didn't he didn't stand a chance and so for us having the number 1 pick and looking at the other assets that are out there and, and readily available for you to take you know if this was a draft like last year per se where there isn't a clear cut number 1 guy but th- the the difference between a uh, josh allen and the next guy is huge then I could understand it. But when I'm looking at this, I see a pretty big drop-off between the Rosens, the Mayfields, like you said, even the Lamar Jacksons to that Josh Allen. So to me, the value just wouldn't be there as the number one pick. You could you could say the traits that you see and the things that excite you, and I'm not going to discredit any of that because I think all of that's very true. And, and for the right situation, it makes a whole lot of sense. For us and the situation that we're picking, it just doesn't.
0: Yeah, I think that there's... I don't a, know. Go, go ahead, Thelonious, because I was going to ask you a question, but you go right on ahead.
3: No, it's okay. For me, I mean, you're talking a lot about Hugh Jackson and the problems that he had in developing Deshaun Kaiser, but you're not even mentioning the fact that we have a new offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, coming in this fall. And I think that makes a big difference in uh, selecting a guy like uh, Josh Allen, a guy who developed a quarterback who has a lot of the same traits that Josh Allen has. So for me, it's not just about McLaughlin as far as the selection who do you develop with Baker Mayfield. I mean, just not developing, but I'm working with a quarterback like uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So for me, that's, the, that's what really made me think that Josh Allen would be a kind of guy that the organization would be looking to add.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, the traits are definitely there. I mean, if you were to draw up a guy who you want to be a quarterback, especially in the AFC North, that's your guy. I think people are getting a little sucked into the Carson Wentz prototype. And seeing what Carson Wentz turned out to be, oh, small school, didn't play top competition, had a few things to work on. And now in year two, he's turned into this, you know, what some would argue could have been the MVP of the league last year. However, that has so much more to do with John Filippo. That has so much more to do with Doug Peterson. That has so much more to do with the player development staff and the situation that Carson Wentz went into. Yeah, Frank, Wright. great point. Um, It has to do with those guys and the situation that they put him in. And granted, yes, as you said, that's a good point by you, Thelonious. Todd Haley coming in will make a big difference. I won't be screaming at my TV with every play that Hugh Jackson calls like I was last year. But at the same time, if you're trying to get into a situation where you want to win, and I know the coaching staff knows their job is not safe, never safe here in Cleveland, uh, you're going to pick the guy that you think can win you football games, not the guy that's going to be great in three years.
2: And When we finally have the number one overall pick, usually we can win one game and still end up with the number three pick somehow. So, right is now really the time to go for the dude that I mean I'm all for picking who you thinks who you like the best even if it's some guy that's projected to go wherever I don't really care about all that but um, you know I wanted Derek Carr a few years ago and he wasn't projected to go up to the top and I wanted Jared Goff
0: <laughs>
2: but um...
0: yeah you were definitely a golf honk there's no doubt about yeah, that yeah I was
2: a huge huge golf guy but uh, you know you you have we have the pick of who of the litter. And I understand if it's based on your evaluation, but if you're basing who you're picking, like now, well, now we might, we're here at the top. We might as well take the guy that has all the physical tools. Like, uh, yeah, that's how you end up with you know Josh Freeman and Blake Bortles.
0: And uh, it's it's a good you know uh, I think a, a, a distinction between you know kind of the, the toolsy guy. Because here's my question for you, Thelonious: If it, Josh Allen, who is the guy? I'm, I'm still on record. I think that that's who the guy is. We're going to actually pick tonight. But then it does kind of beg an interesting question. Josh Allen is, and, and look, you know, people are different, and, and no two people are the same. And, and I think that we get into, I think a lot of people get into trouble when they start saying, well, you know, Mayfield is, is like Manziel, or Lamar Jackson is like Michael Vick, or, or, or anybody is like anybody else because everybody is their own person. You know, nobody is the, is the same. Uh, but at the same time, when you got a kid like uh, Allen, who is definitely going to need some time. But he's got all the physical tools. He's he's big. He's tall. He's he's you know he's thick. He's stout. He's a big guy, and he's got a, a huge arm. And so he, but he's a guy that's going to take some time to develop. All right. Well, if that's the direction that you're going to go in, if that's the type of guy that you're going to get, well, then would it not have made sense in to at least consider uh, having a guy that is pretty close to that? I mean, I realize that Deshaun Kaiser doesn't have the same type of arm that Josh Allen does, because really nobody does. But his arm was—I mean, Josh or Deshaun Kaiser has a plenty fine NFL arm. It's a really, really good arm, and he's got all that size. And he also has a year's worth of NFL starting experience under the belt. If we're going to go with a guy like Allen, would it not have made sense to at least, you know, given a, a harder look at Kaiser?
3: Yeah, I actually made that case initially when I was first beginning this quarterback search thing at the beginning. I definitely wanted to have a guy like Josh Allen in with Deshaun Kaiser because they they have a very similar style. I I personally think that uh, Josh Allen is loads ahead of him in terms of um, his ability as a prospect. So it's not I don't think there is so much such even that close in this regard. But I do think that they're very similar in their skill set. So I agree with you about that. So it's it's a little bit uh, baffling to me that the Browns would go all and uh, get rid of him, even though for some decent value still to get rid of him for uh, Randall. In this at this time, it just seems like a waste of a year, as far as you know, as far as my perspective as a fan.
0: Sure, and but and I guess the the key for me is that and Darth, I'll, I'll direct to you here. If if that's the case, right? Like if it's the same type of of toolsy guy. And we we kind of discarded one of those guys, and f- if, you know, for whatever reason. I can under you know I can I can understand all the reasons why wanting to do that, uh, but doesn't it kind of maybe indicate that we would try to go maybe in a different or maybe maybe not have the same sort of emphasis on those sorts of things when we actually? I mean, if if that was important to us, then you would think that it would have made sense for us to at least hedge our bets a little bit and kept Kaiser along, no or. I mean, because to me, it kind of indicates that we're going to go in a different direction. Am I all wet here, or what do you think?
4: No, I I completely agree. I I don't think uh, with the decisions we made, Allen, but I will defend one thing, or or I will defend him one way, and that's saying if we decide the whole Kaiser thing was more or less start with clean slate, uh, new tools. Two, something um, that is not mentioned is if you look at our quarterback room right now, we already got... Um, Tyrod Taylor, who's quote unquote the starter, someone who has won games, literally has actually won a game in the NFL. Plus, you know, has had winning seasons. Two, we got Drew Stanton, who's had some starting time, who's had some backup time. So, the way I look at it right now is, no matter who we get, that player is not going to see much field time this year, other than maybe towards the end of the season, whether or not, say, if we somehow make it to the playoffs and we're, we're shooing at you know the last week i mean just go look back at uh what kansas city did they benched or they had mahomes ride the bench the whole season till right there at the last week and he played that last game something like that or you know hey the season's screwed let's start the new guy or start the rookie um last couple games see what we got in him one of those two things that's what i i see happening
0: but then you know I got I got I got to point this out. I mean, don't do we not say every year that we are that that we don't want the rookie to play that we have a veteran that we're going to put in there and that guy's going to go out there and, and play and the rookie's going to sit and learn and we're not going to put this guy into the fire. I mean, I, I remember us having the same conversation about Kaiser last year. I remember nobody was even thinking about Cody Kessler the year before. Uh, he- How about
1: Josh McCown helicoptering and throwing Johnny in game one? <laughs>
4: That's what I'm saying. No no no, no. Well, no, no, no. Here's what's different. Every other year we had a veteran, uno, one, single veteran. We have two veterans. It's Not true. only do we, have, do we have a veteran, we have a backup to that veteran. So we have to have, like, you know, Charlie, a uh, uh, clipboard Jesus going out there kind of game where the rookie sees the field. That's the kind of thing I'm saying. We have not only do we get a veteran, we also got his backup. So no, and my theory is, no matter who we get, he's going to technically be the third-string quarterback this entire season. They're doing anything to protect that kid from getting on the field, and that's why we have two quarterbacks already.
0: Well, again, not to not not, not to throw cold water on what you're saying. I mean, even though I think that you, you may maybe overselling Drew Stanton a little bit as far as. I mean, I no,
4: no, 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 no! I'm not overselling him. <laughs> I'm not saying he's good or anything. I'm just saying he's most definitely he, not that. I, he, he's <laughs> how I, I honestly don't know much about the guy. I know he hasn't won a whole, a whole lot. Um, he won games last year. That's well, true. Yeah, he did. but the question is: is what's his injury kind uh, uh, record? We're, we're not sending him out there to win games. We're sending him out there to not get injured. To our rookies, ready.
0: Right, you just want him to go out there and throw innings to make sure that we don't uh, uh, send the rookie out there. But Thelonious, okay. let me ask you this. Um, we've got, if, if I go back to last year, it was, what, week three or four before we saw the, fir- the third-string quarterback for the first time? The year before that, it was definitely week three before we had our third-stringer starting. Uh, the year before that, I know that uh, you mentioned Charlie Whitehorse. I think that we there was even somebody that was before <laughs> him on the uh, on the roster. I mean, does it not seem that our third-string guy plays – Every single year?
3: I mean, generally speaking, this would be the case. But for me, the way that I look at this, I look at uh, last year you had the analytics guys making the decisions. And I think for them, gambling on a rookie or gambling on having the rookie be actually the best player on the roster is something that those guys think would make sense. Uh, I think the football guys, I guess the meatheads, as you affection- meathead, as you affectionately call him. Yes. Uh, this guy, I think, doesn't have any stomach for having a rookie quarterback playing on his team. And I have a feeling that coming into this year, this guy really has the situation set up the way that um, Darth described it so that this doesn't happen this year.
0: I mean, look, I'd I, I, I like the idea. I just have a hard time. I mean, it, it's just, it's just that it seems like, I guess what my point is, I don't know why this year would really be any different. I mean, because every year it seems like we go into this. Maybe it's because Tyrod Taylor does have a fairly decent history of staying healthy. Um, that And
4: also, I will say that neither Cody Kessler or Hogan should have been considered veterans. So uh, they only had one year of experience. One played a part of a game. The other one lost every game that he played. So I wouldn't consider neither of them veterans. Yeah, I would say
1: say that was the biggest mistake last year, and and that doesn't even fall on the coaching staff as much as I like to harp on you. That falls 100% on Sashi Brown in that front office for not having a veteran in there. When they got rid of Josh McCown last year, to me, that was the biggest mistake they made all season long. Worse than the horrible play calls, worse than the time management decisions, worse than everything else, getting rid of Josh McCown when you have a rookie quarterback coming in and nobody behind him to play was the stupidest thing the Cleveland Browns could have done last year.
0: But I have to, uh, and and I'm not just trying to uh, blindly support you know or defend Sashi Brown here. But as I recall, with that whole Josh McCown situation, did it not play out the way that Hugh asked Josh McCown to be a coach, and McCown said no, I want to play, and it was that it was at that point that he released him. I seem
1: to remember that being the the sequence of events. Was it Hugh that that said that to him? I don't know where that yeah, determination came from. I, I do remember hearing that story though that. Uh, that they had asked him to to basically be the QB's coach, and and he was not comfortable hanging it up yet. And he
0: showed you know? that he still had a lot of gas left in the tank last year for the Jets.
4: That was totally Hugh that did that. So um, yeah, all right, that's Sashi's another mark. <laughs>
1: that's another mark on the on the kill Hugh Jackson tree. <laughs> and, I'm, and, I, and look, I I'm not, cause honestly, I am not because honestly, and this is a
0: big deal to me. The, the best chance that we have, and I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but the best chance that we have as an organization to get this thing right and move forward successfully is going to be if Hugh Jackson actually can become a successful head coach. Uh, because the idea of, you know, up, uprooting him and starting all the way over again with different schemes offensively and defensively, I mean, we do this. We, we've done this. In fact, Hugh is the first coach we've had, amazingly, the first coach that we have had since Romeo Cronell. He's the first coach since Romeo to reach his third year, which is a pretty big deal to me. I mean, the fact that we've actually had a guy that can, you know, we can we can continue running the same type of schemes or at least try to build on what we do.
1: Uh, Easy, doesn't it feel to you, I mean, this I, I can't speak for anyone else, that's why I'm asking. It feels to me like continuity for continuity's sake. We You're saying run the same schemes. The schemes were garbage the schemes were awful (laughs) you know what i mean so continuity okay you got the same coach he's bad he's not a good coach and i'm not going to sit here and root for you to fail which i i I think a lot of people are doing and that may be what you're hinting at here is that you know you want to see your team be successful of course but you should have been gone after last year and to me it seems almost inevitable that he will not be the long-term coach of this plan so get him the hell out of here as quick as possible